Welcome to Connection with Brian and Nicole Wright. Welcome <laughs> to Connection with Brian and Nicole. Amen. <laughs> oh, she just busted out the dance move. You're going to have to go on the computer to see that one. Hey, uh, you know what? We just want to say hello to everybody that's listening to us on the radio. Uh, we just thank you for tuning in. Uh, there have been people that have been listening on the radio. They tell me that all the time. And we just thank you for tuning in and listening to us. And uh, we hope that your connection with God has grown, yeah. that it has grown stronger. And uh, anybody who's been watching online, uh, be it you know ConnectionShow.org or through uh, videos posted at Facebook or any other social media, we just thank you for joining and connecting with us and hope that you've been really getting something out of Connection. Uh, we are in our second season and uh, we're just praising God because He has really been moving through this yeah. Uh, internet show and we just uh, praise God for for that and we praise God for you and we're excited that you have joined with us today amen 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 your turn so today <laughs> on connection with Brian and Nicole I feel like a commercial yeah <laughs> we're going to be talking about receiving peace and provision amen that's some good stuff yeah yeah how would you like to know how to receive peace and provision in your life? And uh, so that's what we're going to be talking about is how do we do that. So let's go ahead and let's turn to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 11. You want to read it? Sure. All right. It says, All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, Afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. The peaceful fruit of righteousness. So that's what we're talking about. We're receiving peace and provision. Yeah. And the fruit of righteousness, uh, basically what I want to say about righteousness, we've talked about righteousness some, but righteousness really is the key to everything that God has for you. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says that you confess Jesus as Lord and believe that God raised him up from the dead in your heart and you receive salvation and righteousness. Amen. And the righteousness is what opens that up. It opens up grace. There's been tons of talk uh, in the church recently and around the world about grace. Uh, but one of the keys in the Word, there's a scripture that says that grace comes through righteousness. So right. righteousness even is what opens that up. You notice there when it says that you're born again, it doesn't say that you receive uh, grace right there. It says you receive righteousness. righteousness. Yeah. So the fruit of righteousness is grace, peace, joy. It is also provision. That's finances. Mm -hmm. It's healing. It's uh, deliverance. It's restoration. It's protection. And it is eternal salvation. It is a connection. Righteousness opens up that connection with the Father again through Jesus Christ. And the reason for that is without righteousness, without us being in the right place, right, and everything being correct, yeah. then we would not be able to come to the Father. But when Jesus took on our unrighteousness and He gave us 
his righteousness in 2 Corinthians 5. It talks about that at the end of the chapter. He gave, he was perfect. He was completely righteous and he traded our unrighteousness for his righteousness. And what that did was it allowed us to be connected with the Father again and through that we could have everything that the Father wants us to have. Amen. And he wants us to have a lot. He loves That's us right. so much and he wants to bless us. So when it says the peaceful fruit of righteousness, it says that you can have the things that you need in your life, the solutions that you need, be financial, physical, spiritual, mental, it doesn't matter. Whatever solutions that you need, they are found in righteousness, the fruit of righteousness. And all of those fruit those fruits can rise, your harvest of righteousness. You right. can increase that. That's in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, or 9, 10, I believe it is. You can increase that fruit, but here's what it's saying. You can have all the solutions in your life and you can have them without peace. Uh, or you can have them with peace, mm -hmm. and that's what we're going to show you how to have today. Have you noticed that you've seen some people that have some fruit that looks good in their lives, like maybe they're very wealthy, maybe they're famous, stuff like that, but how many times have you seen somebody who, according to the world standards, is successful? Mm -hmm. So they have some fruit. It might not be the fruit of righteousness, but they have some fruit that looks good, but they don't have peace. Yeah. They don't have peace. You hear that testimony all the time. God loves us so much that he wanted to bring that kind of fruit, bring the solutions to our life, but he wanted to bring it and with it also give you the peace that he's designed to go along with it. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I think about, we were talking about this the other day, and I think about, you know, you look at all these people in Hollywood who, you know, we grow up idolizing you know, because they're on the big screen, they're in all the magazines, you know, they're on the billboards or whatever, so they must have everything right. They've got, you know, all the name brand clothes, the best car, the best of everything. That's like what we grow up trying to attain is, right. you know, that level of awesomeness. And yet you look at so many of those and look at how many of them, you know, their marriages fail or they commit suicide, you know, or accidentally overdose. And, you know, why is it that they do that? Well, it's because they may have the provision, but they do not have the peace, you know, that, that comfort and that yeah. peace and that righteousness. You know, the righteousness and that peace is something that only comes from God. So it doesn't matter what your bank account has, you know, or what label you're wearing on your back or on your finger or whatever. It's something that's only going to come from God, and you can be the richest person, the most powerful person in the world, but without him and without his righteousness and his peace, you're going to lead a miserable life. Yeah. You've just got maybe the money to cover it up. Yeah, yep, that's right. And uh, a lot of times, you know, what the Lord, the Lord is so good and he loves us so much that what he really wants to do is he wants to answer all of the questions and all of the problems that we have. Mm -hmm. But he wants to do it in such a way that you're not lower. You know, right. you can have solutions in your life, but they're really a band-aid. They, they're still, they haven't solved the root. 
God wants to bring you to a place where the root problem is solved. It's not just a surface fix where the, everything is fixed and you have peace in the middle of it. Yeah. Because God is, He's not just a partial blesser. No. He, he doesn't want to bless you in partial ways. He wants to bless you in abundant, yes. full ways. In other words, He wants it to be complete. And uh, that's who he is. That's his heart for us. That's yeah. his heart for you. You listening or watching right now, that's his heart for you, is he wants to bless you in complete ways. Um, man, that's a good word. That, that, that really... He wants you to have it all. Yes, yes, he does. He does. And, and you know, even in, in finances, it says that uh, God is, is the one who gives us the power to get wealth. Yes. And he also says with that wealth that he adds no sorrow to that's it. That's right. That's his heart. He, he's that type of Lord and Savior that gives you the power to get to the solutions without uh, the toiling and the sorrow that accompanies most people when they get that. Yeah. A lot of people, they've climbed up a corporate ladder, but man, they have burnt bridges along the way. They've done things they shouldn't have done. They get up there and their, their soul, their conscience is all torn up. Yeah. They have no peace. God will give you... We just had something this week where I see the Lord actually... I. Years ago, I was asking the Lord a question about some things. How do I solve this? It was something that would be in our future. And the Lord said, you just be obedient to me. I'll handle that. This week, I believe that he answered that and yeah. showed how to do it. We didn't work for it. We didn't toil over that. We just gave ourselves to God and He poured out just a blessing, just huge blessings. And yeah. I think it's going to solve a bunch of stuff in the future. Not that it was a big problem, just it was a question. And I think He just solved it. And I'm like, Lord, you are so awesome. No sorrow on our part. We are at perfect peace. No toil. I mean, we could have spent years trying to solve the things that I'm talking yeah. about. We didn't spend a lick of time on it. It was just the Lord. You well, know? it goes back to, you know, listening to this. What I think of is you go back to Matthew 6, You know, seek first yes. the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things shall be added to you. You know, he's yes. told us he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. It's ours. Yes. And as we seek him and him alone, he causes them to come and to manifest in our lives. Yes. We don't have to work for it. We don't have to struggle for it. We don't have to do like, you know, those climbing the corporate ladder and you leave your family in the dust or burn the bridges. Or it's it's yes. not a cutthroat world with God. That's you right. You know, and you hear that in the world. Well, it's a cutthroat world, you know, when it's, you know, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. Yeah. That's not how God is. God, is. God says, you just seek after me. I'll take care of you. Right, and that and that's just it. If we'll just go after him, he'll take care of all of that Every stuff. Every time. So the interesting thing is, I want to um, I want to go into this verse because this verse has got some big power packed stuff in this verse. So let's just take a look at it and break it down because okay, we see what the Lord wants for us. What is hard is a complete solution, a complete fullness and abundance in our lives. 
uh, full of peace and joy. That's what God's heart is. But just like everything with God, uh, he's looking for people that will work with him and he will work with them. It's a partnership. It's not just a one-man show. It's not me doing everything. It's not him doing everything. By faith, we work with him and he empowers us to move into those areas. So we're going to see that. In other words, just because God wants this for everybody doesn't mean that everybody's going to experience yeah. it unless they do the things that God has shown them to do. Well, right here he shows us some stuff. So in verse 11, it says, all discipline. Now let's just stop right there. All discipline. Does God want us to be disciplined? Yeah. Absolutely. He wants us to be disciplined. Uh, you know, in the uh, Great Commission, he basically says in a couple of different places, but in one he says it like this. He said, all power has been given to me. Go therefore into all the earth and make disciples. That's right. In other words, make people that are disciplined towards Christ. Yes. In other words, our whole mission is to make a disciplined people. So discipline is a thing. It, the word says this, that the people that God loves, he disciplines. Yes. He corrects, he rebukes, he exhorts. He does these things. He disciplines. So discipline is a part of a Christian's life. And to say that it's not, you're throwing out a whole lot of scripture and, and the full counsel of the word easily. Discipline is something he wants for us. Well, that means, you know, we just, uh, we were talking about fasting some. That's a discipline, you know. So there's a, it's a part of our discipline towards Christ. That's just one area. Reading your Bible each day, praying, uh, praying at all times, worshiping. All of those are disciplines where you discipline the flesh so that you can go after God. So we know from the Word, discipline is a godly thing. Yeah. It's a godly thing. So, all right, all discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful but sorrowful. So the first thing, the next thing is for the moment. So all discipline for the moment. In other words, it, it gives us a look into the future and says, look, for a moment your flesh is probably not going to like this, but you need to understand that there's something beyond that feeling. There, there's something that goes beyond what you're feeling right now. And so get set your eyes. The Word says so many times, set your eyes on things above. Uh, put your eyes on Jesus, not on the waves. Uh, you know, put your eyes on God, not on the uh, seemingly sorrowful or unjoyful moment of the flesh. You need to set your eyes on God. That's when you're going to move into those supernatural yeah. things. That's when you're going to move into the peaceful fruit of righteousness is stop looking at what your flesh is saying and start looking at what God has said. It says, let every uh, word of God be true, but every man be a liar. In other words, my, what I'm experiencing, what I'm thinking, what somebody else may say to me, if it contradicts God's word and contradicts God's promises, that's a lie. It is untruthful. So I need to stop looking at something that tells me this is not a joyful moment when my flesh seems to be sorrowful. And I need to look at what God said where he tells me discipline is going to lead me somewhere and it's going to be awesome. So I need to make sure I have my eyes set on him. Do you have anything to add to well, that? Well, I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, 
each of us are disciplined in some way or another. Right. You're either disciplined to the things of the Spirit, which may not be joyful for a moment. Right. Or you're disciplined to the flesh. So, I mean, I've been both ways. And, you know, I think about, you know, where I've been in bondage to food or other people have been in bondage to cigarettes or alcohol or whatever. Yes. You're disciplined to respond to what's crying the loudest. Yes. It's yes. either going to be the things that for a moment may be joyful, but then will lead you to sorrow. Yes. Or you're going to be disciplined to God, which will lead you to a joy for eternity. Yes. You know, the discipline of the a flesh. A complete solution. Yes. The discipline of the flesh may, may seem fun for a moment. Yes. But eternity lasts forever. A moment is for a moment. Yes. And the problem with the flesh is it leads to death and destruction. Yes. But when we are disciplined to the things of God, yeah, we might have to put down the flesh a little bit. We might not like, um, when we're first starting out, we may not like what we hear. You know, I think like, you know, Luke wants to run in the parking lot when we, you know, go places. And I'm like, no, baby, you can't do that. That's not smart. Right. You know, well, he doesn't like the fact that he can't run, but he likes living. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know that sounds kind of simple, but that's what God is saying. Yes. It's simple. He sees the big picture. Yeah. And when we, when we look at him as a good ditty, the way, you know, our son looks at us, he, we understand we may not be able to run in the world for a moment, but God is leading us to a life, an eternity yes. of joy. Yeah. I, I think about that example um, the Lord gave me some years ago. A lot of times we look at, at the Lord and we say, and our flesh says, well, God just wants to control us. No, if he wanted, you know, uh, J.D. is here as a part of our crew. He had a revelation a few months ago and he said, uh, the Lord spoke to him and said, if I wanted to control you, I would have never given you free will. I could have controlled you from the That's beginning. Right. It's such a great, simple word, yeah. and yet it, it's a freeing word. It's a powerful word. But a lot of times people will look into the word and they'll say, well, God just wants to control me. No, he doesn't. He wants to lead you to the place where you have a complete solution, yes. not just a half solution or a temporary fix or a surface fix or a band-aid. Band he wants to heal the thing completely. He wants to bring completion in it. Well, so one of the things that I saw a few years ago was, you know, imagine coming home uh, from you know, from work or whatever, and your young child is up on the roof, they got a blanket on, you know, they think that they can fly. Well, you're going to go, hey, don't move. You know, you don't want to frighten them, you don't want to scare them. But they could sit up there on the roof and say, I'm going to jump because I think I can fly. You just want to control me. That is not control. It's a heart to see them not hurt. Yeah. And so uh, that's what I... I Read when discipline yes. here is not trying to control, it's trying to lead you to the place where you will be the most blessed. Yes. Because I promise you, if you gave in to the flesh standing up on that roof, for a split second, you would feel the joy, the temporary joy mm -hmm. of flying until you hit the ground. And then that would be a bad moment. And that's what the Lord is trying to stop us from is you may have the temporary pleasures of sin for a moment, but they, there's a result, there's a fruit of sin, there's a fruit of following the flesh, and the fruit of following the flesh is death. Yeah. It's the curse. 
It's being in bondage. And if you will just learn how to discipline yourself in those moments, you will find that God will bring a complete abundance and complete solution. And so in the next part of this, it, I want to focus on this word, seems. All discipline for the moment seems not right. to be joyful but sorrowful. Yeah. So this gives us a key here. When the word says that all discipline for the moment seems to not be joyful, all right, seems. What does that mean? All discipline for the moment seems to not be joyful. It doesn't mean that discipline is not joyful. That's right. But what you have is you have two voices working here. One is of the spirit and one is of the flesh. And the one that yells and speaks to you generally the loudest is the one that says, you don't want to discipline yourself. You don't want to go after God. That's not any fun. That's the flesh. And see, our job, it says those in uh, Romans 8, it says that those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. In other words, they're the ones receiving the inheritance. Yeah. The ones that will receive the inheritance are the ones that will listen to the Spirit and not to their flesh. All discipline for a moment seems to not be joyful and even sorrowful. But it just seems that way. Yeah. That's not the actual not truth. That's not actually how it is. Mm -hmm. It just seems that way. We've got to be the kind of people that stops listening to that voice and we start listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit and listen to God. Because when we do that, it leads us to the end of this. And it says, but he disciplined, let's see, yet to those who have been trained by it, trained by discipline afterwards, so you might not see it right in that moment, but it's coming. Amen. It, and when you give yourself to the discipline of God, the blessing of God is it's coming. coming. Yeah. Afterwards, it yields. This is a promise. Yeah. It yields the peace and the provision. It yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Righteousness has a fruit and it is peaceful and the people that will give themselves to the discipline of God and not listen to a voice that seems to be uh, so loud and so strong, right. not listen to the voice of the flesh, but will listen to the voice of the Spirit, listen to the discipline of God, they will receive a complete solution in their lives. Well, I think about we use this verse so much in our church. 2 Corinthians 2.14. Yes. He is always leading us to triumph. Always. When I got a hold of that verse, that's when suddenly the discipline didn't seem to be sorrowful. Yes. Because when you understand who God really is, when you understand his heart for you, when you understand that he really is a good father yes. who wants the best for you, and you know that he is always leading you to triumph, then suddenly you become like that kid who, you know, we'll use Luke again as an example, you know, he'll be playing or whatever, and I'm like, come over here, I've got a surprise. And he's like, okay, you know, and he just goes running. Yeah. Well, when God disciplines us, he may say, don't do this, but what he's also saying is, I've got something better That's for you. That's right. That's and right. suddenly you're like, oh, snap, dragon, it gets better, <laughs> you know, and yeah. so it's, it only seems sorrowful for a moment yes. when you don't have a full understanding of who God is yes. and his love for you. Yes. But that knowing that love for you changes everything. That's right. 
It only seems sorrowful when you're listening to the flesh. Yeah. If you stop listening to the flesh, it stops seeming That's sorrowful. That's right. You know, it's when you're listening to the flesh's voice that that occurs. Yeah. So as, as we're wrapping up, I want to go to one other point because I think people miss this a lot. Uh, I've seen, we've seen this really missed in church many, many times. So in Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 10, uh, God is calling Jeremiah into his ministry. And in that ministry, he's telling them, giving them some instruction. Then he's telling them what he's about to do. And he says this in verse 10, See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to, and this part right here, it may seem sorrowful. Listen to this. To pluck up, to break down, to destroy, and to overthrow. Yeah. And then here's something to build and to plant. Yeah. Now the first four parts of that, it does not sound joyful. It might even sound sorrowful to pluck up, to break down, to destroy, to overthrow, right? In, in, the, in the King James it says throw down. In other words, Jeremiah is called to handle business. Yeah. But then at the end, build and plant. So many times in our lives, we won't give me the building and the planning. Even in church, we want to build churches. We want to plant churches. We want to do that in our lives. We want God to bring about His fruit. But see, here's the thing. If I have a foundation here and it's rotten in an area and I try to build or plant on top yeah. of a rotten foundation or in oh, rotten yeah. soil, yeah. then the fruit that comes up is going to crumble and fall. It's going to be temporary. Yeah. The heart of God is to fix the foundation so that when the building and planning occurs, all of a sudden well, it's stable, it's eternal. It, and this is the heart of God. So this is the way that the Lord wants to operate in us. So this is what I found. Many times when the Lord is working in my life to discipline me or to discipline other feet, other people, what he does is he looks in their life and he sees an issue and all of a sudden God by the Holy Spirit puts his finger on that issue. Mm -hmm. Well, at that moment he's talking about an issue. Is he talking about an issue in their renewed spirit or is he talking about an issue that's wrong in their flesh? It's in their flesh. And so he puts his finger on that issue in their flesh. Well, right then in that moment, what does the flesh yell? Oh, it Seems. Screams. It goes, this is not joyful. Yeah. I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like this. This makes me sorrowful, right? The flesh is going to do that. Yeah. This doesn't feel good. Now, if God was an unloving God, he would go, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but he disciplines yeah. those that he loves. So to think that God's going to just walk away and say, no, you don't need to deal with that. I'm sorry. You were right. <laughs> That's not going to happen. God's going to continue because he, in order for him to love on us best, he's going to have to continue to put his finger on that issue and point it out until you humble yourself to allow that foundation to be fixed. Now, if we fight that enough, if we listen to the voice of the flesh enough, then God is not going to override your will. So what God will do is he will take his finger off of that and give you over to the desires and the passions of your flesh. Yeah. He will give you over to that if you don't humble yourself to it. But 
If you'll humble your, yourself to it, he's going to continue to put his finger on that and strengthen you to handle and correct that foundation. Now, here's how that happens. You know, you're sitting in church and the preacher's preaching on any topic. And all of a sudden, it finds a rotten foundation, a rotten doctrine, bad thinking, stinking thinking. And I've seen people, we've seen people, they start getting mad at the preacher. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I can't believe he's preaching on that. It's not him with his finger on the issue. And it's not the preacher that's got the issue. Most of the time, when our flesh starts disagreeing or we're, or we're saying, I don't agree with that, most of the time, that's not an area of disagreement. It's except for the disagreement because the flesh, the flesh and the spirit yeah. always disagree. That's the Holy Spirit putting his finger on your issue, sure. on our issue. That's the Holy Spirit putting his finger on our issue so that we will get it corrected. And God's going to keep doing that, keep doing that until you humble yourself or until you become hard-hearted. Yeah and you step away from the discipline of God. Yeah. But if in that moment we will say, Lord, okay, I hear you. This is something I need to do. Maybe I do need to fast. Maybe I do need to sit in church longer. Maybe it's okay to go past an hour, an hour and a half in a church service. You know, maybe, maybe I do need to uh, pray a little bit more. And we will accept that in humility. We will move ourselves to the place where we receive peace yeah. and provision. Right now, if you found your, play, your uh, life in that area, I just encourage you, pray this with me. Father, right now, I receive Jesus as my Lord, and I know that He's going to be uh, disciplining me. I know that He is supposed to be the Lord of my life, calling the shots, not me and not my flesh. And so I give myself right now to Jesus as my Lord. He's the director. I believe he died for me. I believe he rose again for me. And when he was risen up, I was raised up with him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you did that, make sure you tell us at ConnectionShow.org. Thank you for joining us. Have a great week. Thank you for joining Brian and Nicole for this week's broadcast. Connection is all about connecting you more intimately with Jesus, where you can find true joy and really live. Contact us or watch more shows online at ConnectionShow.org. We love you. Have a great week.